Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us at Life Family Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. Open your Bibles, if you would, please, to the book of Luke, chapter 18. Last week, last Sunday, I talked about faith that moves mountains, and I want to continue that on. So we weren't here for the first part of the series. We may, may talk over the next few weeks on this. I, I do have probably about 50 pages of notes that we, <laughs> that we may go through on faith, but I just kind of felt that. It's good. It's at the beginning of the year, and I know that many of you are believing God for some things. You have to remember that the Word of God will do one or two things for you. you either form a belief in you, or it will strengthen the beliefs that you already have. And that's what the Word does. How many are believing God for some things? How many believe in God for finances? How many believe in God for things in your body? How many believe in for your relatives? It takes faith. All the above. Anybody say all the above? All the above. <laughs> that's good. It's good to have faith because that's pleasing to the Lord. And, and maybe, anybody have any faith projects? I have some faith projects. Amen. You should, should always have faith projects. Luke chapter 18, verse 8. And it says this, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith on the earth. I say, yes, Lord, with me. How about you? Amen. Yeah. Romans 10.8 says this, but what does it say? Jesus, the word, God's message in Christ is near you on your lips and in your heart. That is the word, the message, the basis of object of faith, which we preach. So we are faith preachers. People say, are you one of those name it, claim it bunch? Are you part of that name it, claim it bunch? And I said, well, it's better than me when well, do it, you know, doubt it, do without it bunch. I mean, it really depends on what kind of party you want to be a part of. I'll be a part of that name it, declare it bunch. How about you? Yeah, amen. So what is faith? Faith is a firm persuasion. It is a confident expectation. It is the title deed of what you believe. Faith and belief is the same. We gave you some examples of what faith is, you know. Remember I talked to you a little bit about the electricity that's you know, the wires in the conduit of a wall that goes to the light filament. Can't see the conduit. You can't see the wires, right? But you believe that it's there based upon what, maybe what you've experienced. And if I knock a hole in the wall and I cut the conduit in half and stick the two wires out, now you can see the two wires. I could put a sign there that says, danger, don't touch live wire. But how would you know unless you touched it? Isn't that right? I mean, I guess you could arc the two wires together and get a spark, but the spark is a result of the electricity in the wires. And we operate in principles of faith all the time, and you do it unconsciously. Like you came in here today, and you sat down in the chair that you're sitting in, and you didn't even think that if the chair was going to collapse or not. Come on, hello, right? I mean, if the chair collapsed on you, you would have been really shocked because people had to pick you up off the floor and apologize that the chair was broke. But the fact of the matter is, is you would have been shocked. You would have been taken back. So Jesus said, if you had faith as small as a mustard seed, you would say unto this mountain to be uprooted and cast into the sea, and it would obey you. So isn't it interesting? You don't even have to have, like, big faith to actually move the mountains in your life. Because in other portions of Scripture in the book of Matthew said that, you know, that the mustard seed is, is one of the smallest of all seeds. But when it's planted, it grows to a tree. Isn't that right? And that birds can come and nest in it. So faith that moves mountains, and we're all believing God for things. It's very pleasing to God. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must have believed that he is, and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. 
So what would diligently seeking the Lord be? Talking to him every day when you get up in the morning. Have you talked to the Lord today? I did. I actually thanked him today. I said, as a matter of fact, I thanked him at 2 o'clock in the morning when I woke up. I woke up and went in the living room. Me and Jesse went in there. She laid down, crossed her arms and prayed, and then I prayed with her. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> prayed in the Holy Ghost for about 30 minutes or so. Amen. Then I went back to bed. Pled the blood of Jesus over you. Matter of fact, I asked God to wake everybody up this morning and have them come to church. Because <laughs> it's such a beautiful day outside. You know, it really is. It's not, it's, not, it's not too warm. It's not too hot. It's just right. All right. So faith. Hebrews 11 one says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, elders obtained a good report. So faith has a weight to it. You know when you're in faith and you know when you're not. You just kind of know it. It's a knowing. Isn't that right? Yeah. So faith is a substance of things hoped for. It's not I hope so. Hope is like, it, it, gives, it gives the impression of like, well, I guess so. I sure hope so. That's not, that's not what this is. Hope here, the, def, the definition of it or the connotation of it is a positive outcome. A positive outcome. So when you say, now faith is a substance, it's the weight of hope, a positive outcome, the evidence of things not seen. So you have to see it, I don't mean you have to believe it before you see it. You have to declare it before it manifests. Mark 11, 23 and 24, right? Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatever he saith. Okay, so we, you, you hear it all the time, seeing is believing. But it, with faith, it's believing is seeing. If, if you have sickness in your body or an ailment in your body and you go to the doctor, the doctor gives you the facts. But the truth of God's word overrides those facts. You have, we have to lean on the word of God, the great physician. Okay, so, so if you have a financial problem because your bank account is kind of low, hello, then you have to... Find out from the Word of God what you have to apply to your life, to your finances, to get into the positive and not the negative. But the choice is up to us. If you choose not to apply the principles, then you can't blame God for... Come on, hello. The only sense of entitlement with God is that He paid the price on the cross to give us an opportunity. Hello. And we are entitled to the blood of Jesus when you get born again. We are entitled to what the covenant that has been cut by the blood of Jesus. Okay? So, but whose report will you believe? So are you going to believe the report of the doctors? Are you going to believe the report of the financial situation? Or are you going to believe the report of the Lord? I would rather believe the report of the Lord. Come on. You know, a few months ago, I, I got the flu a little bit. It was probably about the, 20, about the 48, 72-hour flu. If there is such a thing, a thing as a 48-hour or 72-hour flu. I mean, most people get the flu, they're like down on their back for two weeks. They can't work and all that kind of stuff. So it kind of hit me. And, I, man, I hadn't had the flu in <sighs> 10 years, 15 years. Can't even remember the last time I had the flu. Then all of a sudden, you're, you're, the symptoms in your body are screaming at you. You know, you got the cough, you get the headache, you know, you got the aches, you know. And it, this, it kind of put me in the bed for one day. Because I realized in, in about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, only dead people stay in bed. Come on, hello somebody. So I'm, get out, get out of this bed. 
If you're well, act like you're well. Right. Isn't that something? Come on, hello, somebody. Well, well, people, get out of bed. I don't want to be in bed for four days. Y'all are looking at me kind of, y'all are looking at me funny. I'm sorry. I just that's just me. I'm not saying that you have to do it. If you want to stay in bed for two weeks, go ahead. Stay in bed for two weeks. I mean, I'm not st- a day is enough. Right. Come on, hello, somebody. Get out of bed. Get a shower. You know, get some fluids in you. Get you know, eat something. <laughs> I'm healed in the name of Jesus. You gotta choke the sucker out. Choke it out. Come on, choke it out. Choke it out. Why? Because if you give you give the devil an inch, he'll take a mile. Come on now. You do have to have some bulldog tenacity. I'll say that again. Thank you very much. You're gonna have to have some bulldog tenacity. Thank you, doctor. Appreciate the report. But by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. Amen. I, I mean, I was all congested and all that kind of stuff, and I had a hard time quoting some scriptures out of my mouth because you start coughing or whatever, right? So I just plugged in Dr. Rodney's healing verses all day long, and once I got done listening to it, I plugged it in again, and I plugged it in again, and I plugged it in again, and then I took some medicine. Amen. And I not only took a gospel pill, but I took natural medicine. Yeah. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> Hello. And I believe in God. And then I, thought, I said to her, I said, I might need to go to the doctor. And she said, well, babe, if you need to go, go. And I said, well, I'll just give it one more day. I'm going to let G- Dr. Jesus work on me one more day. And if I start feeling better, then I'm going to go, okay, great. Got, I got past today. Hello, I got past today. So let's see how I feel tomorrow. If I still feel it. Now, if I'm getting worse and getting worse and getting worse, then I'm going to use some wisdom. Amen. Come on, hello, somebody. You got to use some wisdom. Right. Come on, hello. God created the, the earth. He created the body to heal itself. Come on, hello, somebody. And doctors can't heal. They aid in the process of healing. Jesus is the only healer. Amen? So there's nothing wrong going to the doctor. There's nothing wrong finding out what's going on in your body so that you now you can, you can narrow your faith in on it. Now, many, many years ago, I was in the country of Mexico, and we were doing a crusade, and I was bit by a mosquito after, after a hurricane had gone through, a tropical storm had gone through, and about two or three weeks of standing water. So I got malaria. Uh, anybody know what malaria is? Okay. That's, that's a wicked thing from the pit of hell. Malaria is actually in the New Testament. Jesus cured someone in, that had malaria. Yeah. Well, malaria is it's a blood disease that's contracted by mosquitoes, and the mosquito bites you and releases the larvae of the parasite into your body, which goes and incubates in your liver for 30 days. And then at the end of 30 days, the, yeah, it all comes out. And what it does is the parasite kills the white blood cells in your body. And, and then your body doesn't have enough time to recover to develop more white blood cells to take care of the ones of the toxin because when the parasite dies, it releases a toxin. And it's cyclable. And so you have to catch it by cycles. And it feels like you have like a headache. Not a headache, but a headache. And you feel like nauseous and you feel like achy and just, you think you have the flu, but you don't have the flu. And then all of a sudden the fever will break and all of a sudden, you start feeling better, but then 30 minutes later, you start feeling horrible again. And it's just around the clock, 24-7. It's horrible. So what did I do? 
Well, when I, Marie was with me, and, and we were, I, I kept my traveling schedule. I wasn't contagious. So she pumped me through full of <laughs> essential oils. <laughs> she pumped me full. I smelled like potpourri. I'm not kidding, man. <laughs> I'm serious. I didn't have to use deodorant every day. I mean, <laughs> she's like, babe, you smell floral today. <laughs> Is that the new cologne? <laughs> I'm not, I am not kidding. Because I'd be, I'd be going through <laughs> So I'd be sweating, right? And I kept my preaching schedule. Most amazing, miracles were happening. Guy came out of a wheelchair and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, God, I need a little help down here. Could you kind of help me? Could you help the preacher? Thank you for healing all these wonders. But I need some help too. It's like Benny Hinn said that the Lord told him he was a hose in which the power flows through. And he said, well, Lord, can you sprinkle on the hose sometime? Come on. The hose might need to be sprinkled. Yeah. So I just kept on preaching, kept on preaching. And then I went to the doctor. And my gosh, I wish I didn't go to that guy. I should have went to the second guy because the other guy was something. But I learned something about compassion because when you're hardly ever sick, if at all, you cannot have a compassion for those that are dealing with things. So all of a sudden, you know, after 10 days of this cycle of going on, I'm not getting the victory. I mean, I am confessing. I am declaring. I'm standing on the word of God. I'm, I'm laying hands on myself. I'm not getting the victory. Hello? So guess what you do? Go to the doctor. Amen. Go to the doctor. So I went to the doctor, and I don't even want to go into the story with this guy. He, this guy really needed whatever. The second guy was good. He was, <laughs> he was possible. Okay? He, he was very positive, and he helped me out. So they put me on doxycycline, not only for 10 days, 40 days. That's hard. That's hardcore, man. That thing is a hardcore antibiotic. And it, me it, it really messed my system up. I mean, it, it did. It messed my system up. And I didn't really recover at, from malaria for about 12 months. I mean, the malaria was out of my body. But the havoc that it reaped on my gallbladder, I, matter of fact, it damaged my gallbladder. So after 12 months, now I'm having gallbladder problems. And I went, to a, I went to a person who does a sonogram, um, a uh, nurse practitioner, and there was no gallstones in there. And I was like, what, what has happened? And they said, well, we've seen this in missionaries. What happens with, with malaria? The malaria puts such a hard taxing thing on the body that the gallbladder overworks itself because it secretes bile into the, into the system to capture the malaria stuff. Okay, because bile, bile helps you with the digestive system. So it kind of was wearing it out kind of thing. So now, not only did I have to go through malaria, but now i got to believe God that they wouldn't take my gallbladder because they won't take my gallbladder. And I'm like, no, no, they're not taking it. <laughs> enough is enough. Come on, hello. God put it in there for a reason. I don't care how many of you doctors say you don't need it. Yeah. <laughs> ah, you don't need that. You don't need your appendix. It's about the size of your pinky. Ah, you don't need your gallbladder either. Oh, well, take my heart out, sir. Come on out. I might not need that either. No, God put those things in there. It's staying. It's staying. So it stayed. Praise God. Amen. And occasionally I get a little bit of a flare-up. I'm like, no, 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 no. So I have to cut back on the Kentucky Fried Chicken. Praise God, Amen. <laughs> you can't eat so much fried chicken or fried foods, you know. Because eat, eat a lot. <laughs> when you eat a lot of fried foods, your gallbladder secretes more bile. See, your bile has system in it already. Am I doing good, pretty good, nurses? Uh, am I doing? Am I doing good? <laughs> I got two nurses on the front row here. Just want to make sure they're like, Pastor, you do, you doing good? 
So what happens is when your body's overtaxed and the bile in your system is not, the, the gallbladder secretes more into it. Yeah. So it's interesting. So here's the deal. Faith. Those are examples of faith, operating your faith. You know, just don't roll over. <laughs> I know you didn't want to go to work or school that day, but just don't roll over. Come on. When you, when you hear a report, listen, it's not always bad, even though it seems to be bad. Right. When you get a report, that's where you can take your faith and go, okay, now I'm going to narrow my faith in that area. That's good. Come on now. Yeah. So like, you know, I'm still believing God for my shoulders. I have some shoulder issues from doing jujitsu for two years. <laughs> jujitsu, sore shoulders. Weightlifting, sore shoulders. Yeah, so you can get rotary cuff issues, you know, and then you're laying on your side at night for eight hours or ten hours, you know, and you wake up in the morning and your arms asleep because when you wake up, you're, it's like you're stuck like this and you have to walk around like this until you, you kind of loosen it up a little bit. You know what I'm talking about? Because <laughs> you slept on it like this all night long. And then you can't even feel it because all the blood circulation has been cut off. And you're like, do I even have an arm? You know? <laughs> yeah. So you're narrowing your faith. You're focusing your faith. Faith speaks and believes what is spoken. Faith speaks and believes what is spoken. It's almost like this. God's like, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? But then he also says, be ye a doer of the word and not a hearer only. So you have to put action to what you believe in. You have to put action to what you're speaking. So when you speak something... The Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if things are coming up out of you, it's what you are, it's coming out of your heart. If you're saying, I can't afford, I can't afford, we can't afford that, well, we just can't afford that. We just can't. Guess what you're going to get? You're going to get, I can't afford it, and you'll never be able to afford it. But it's totally, that's totally opposite because the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So we live in a negative world with negative reports every single day. Constant, constant negative reports all the time. So the positive report is the report of the Lord. So there, therein lies the battle. It's in your mind. Because all these reports are coming at you. And you're like, oh, my God, my God, my God. Sometimes you just got to slow down and go, okay, what do I have to deal with today? Amen. Today is the day. Amen. What am I going to do today? I'm going to overcome my weakness today. And when I put my head on the pillow at night, I can go, Lord, thank you for your grace today. I overcame my weakness. Okay, tomorrow's a new day. Hello. Today I made it through today. And then you put your head on the pillow and you go, oh, okay, praise the Lord, I made it. And then you, and you find yourself 30 days later, and you find it 60 days later or 90 days later, and you're like, I got the victory over it. Wow. I haven't fallen into my mess. I haven't done anything. I haven't accepted anything. I haven't said anything. Hello. Come on. So sometimes you just maybe have to break it down just for today. How are we going to make it today? What are we going to do today? How am I going to apply the word today? And then you get the victory. Then you'll be like, wow, this is awesome. I did it today. Then I'm going to do it tomorrow. So what if you slip and fall? Okay, get up, brush yourself off. Come on and keep on going. Amen. Keep on doing it. Right. Can you say amen? Why? Because his mercies are new every morning. Amen. And, his, and his grace is sufficient. All right? 
2 Corinthians 4.18 says, While we look not to the things which are seen, but to the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So this, this, this realm that we live in, this is not really the real realm. The spiritual realm is the real realm because this realm came from the spiritual realm. So, and then this realm, things are temporary. You will not always be where you're at right now. Now, you can either retract or you can grow, right, and change. And a lot of people don't like change because change can be very painful at times. Isn't that right? Yes. Yeah, but it's, it's very beneficial. And you have to remember two things will happen. You either become bitter or you become better. Amen with change. And most people don't want to change because they don't want to go through the pain of it to change. But it can make you better or it can make you bitter. But don't let it make you bitter. Let it make you better. Alright? You can grow your faith. Corinthians 10 15 says this, We do not boast therefore beyond our proper limit over other men's labors, but we have hope and confident expectation that as your faith continues to grow, our field among you may be greatly enlarged still within the limits of our commission. So you can grow your faith. You grow your faith by taking on faith projects. I mean, if Solomon, Pastor Marie read about Solomon and how much, I mean, how much did he have? He had everything. I mean, when you read Ecclesiastes, it's kind of sad and it's kind of happy. Come on now, Ecclesiastes talks about a time for everything and he talks about later on in his life before he dies, he's like, I gained everything I ever wanted to gain, but I count it all dung. It's all worthless. You know, do anything you want to do, get anything you ever want to get, and still find yourself to be empty. It was like Deion Sanders with the Dallas Cowboys. You've heard me tell that story before about Deion Sanders. I mean, he had everything. Had a wife, had kids, had a girlfriend, two or three girlfriends on the side. Just one day he thought, you know, I, I just, I'm going to go buy me a Lamborghini. Dropped down $250,000 on a car. Said he drove it once, parked it in the garage, and then two weeks later the car battery blew up in his car. He said nothing could ever satisfy. He said the only time I ever felt peace is when I'd go out to my cabin out in the Ozarks on the lake and with nobody around. That's the only time I ever felt peace. And one time he was in the locker and the chaplain came in and it was just him in the locker and he led him to the Lord. Hello. And he said, I've never been more satisfied in my whole entire life. So what profit a man if he gains the whole world and he loses everything, loses his soul? Come on, hello somebody. Amen. Amen. Romans 1.17 says this, For in the gospel of righteousness which God ascribes revealed both springing from faith and leading to faith. So you go from faith to faith to faith. And how do you do that? Once you get the victory over something, once something comes to pass, you're like, okay, great. That's the reason why you need to remind yourself of all the things in the past that God has brought you through. Because if he brought you through in the past, he's going to bring you through now. And if he brings you through now, he'll bring you through in the future. Because that's just the way he works. That's who he is. Growing your faith, faith to faith. Releasing your faith. We know that Mark chapter 5, verse 25, talks about the woman with the issue of blood who'd been sick for 12 years. Isn't that right? Spent all of her money, was nothing better, but rather grew worse. Went to all the doctors at the time. Gave her a bad report. We can do nothing more for you. Get your house in order. You're going to die. So she went home. I'm sure that she was getting ready to prepare to die. But the Bible says when she heard reports, she heard reports of Jesus, heard the reports of what Jesus was doing, 
all the miracles, all the signs, all the wonders. If Jesus Christ, Hebrews 13, 8, is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that means what he did in the Bible 2,000 years ago, he will do today. Amen. Why? Because I am the Lord. I do not change. Right. I change not. That's what Malachi 3 says. I am the Lord. I change not. All right? So all of a sudden, here she is. She heard reports. Faith cometh by hearing, right? Watch this. Accepting as truth what you hear. You have to accept for truth what you hear from the Word of God. If you don't accept it as truth, then you can't apply it to your life because only you will apply what you believe to your life. People do it all the time. There's people that don't, in, in the body of Christ that don't believe that God does miracles today. They absolutely believe it. Oh, they don't do miracles today. There's people in the body of Christ that believe that tongues was done away with. And they actually really believe that. But here's the deal. Their belief system doesn't change the truth. It just changes the outcome of their life. Our belief system does not change the truth. It just changes the outcome of our life. So if a person doesn't believe in miracles, yeah, but the most amazing thing, when they need one, it's how they, how they kind of change, they change their tune on that. Well, you know, maybe he might heal me today. <laughs> Come on now, hello. I know, people, they change their belief systems every day like they change their underwear. I'm just going to tell you, they do it every day. And it's a good thing when you change your underwear every day. Praise God. Amen. Yeah. So releasing your faith. So she, faith comes by hearing. So she heard the reports. Then she began to say out of her mouth, if I can touch but the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. Isn't that right? So she put action to what she believed, for what she believed, for what she said, and then for what she said, so what she did, and when she did, she got healed. Amen. Amen. You can apply that to everything in your life. That's right. Every principle of faith, you can operate. That is a, and then he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you whole, go in peace. Isn't that right? Yeah. So you can get healed on your faith, or you can get healed on the gifts of the Spirit, or you can get healed with anointing of oil. God has provided everything in the Word of God. Amen. I mean, when you go to James chapter 5 and it says, is there any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church, right? And the anointing with oil and the prayer of faith will save the sick. Uh, why is that in there? And then we have Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, and you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you to be a witness unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, to the uttermost parts of the earth. Right? So you got the anointing of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 4, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues, right? So you have Acts 2, 4, they were filled. And then they went out and they laid hands on the sick because we know that Mark chapter 15, verse 16, Mark 16, 15 says, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They will cast out devils. They will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Isn't that right? They will speak with new tongues. Okay, so you got people that are baptizing the Holy Ghost and speaking in other tongues that can lay hands and see sick people. And then there's people that may not be baptized in the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues, but they can apply James chapter 5, where it says, call upon the elders of the church, anointing them with oil, and the prayer of faith will save the sick. So there's all kinds of ways that God has gotten around the lies of the devil. Can you say amen? amen? Yeah, and it all has to do with faith. Faith and belief is the same thing. So she heard, she said, and um, she put faith to action of what she believed and what she was saying, and then she received, got the reward Amen. of her healing because she felt it in her body. And Jesus felt faith being pulled from him, virtue, which is power, which was by her faith because of what she was saying and what she believed and what she did. So if you apply that same thing 
You can lay hands on yourself. Smith Wigglesworth said this, I tell my body what to do. My body doesn't tell me what to do. This is just a house that you live in. This is your house. It's made up of two entities, dirt and water. What does that make you? A mud pie, right? Praise God. Amen, you big mud pie, you. (laughs) Isn't that right? What, 75% water, 25% dirt? Is that right, ladies? Is that right there? Or 25% water, 75% dirt? Well, what did you, you know, sometimes? Water. Water, 75% water, 25% dirt? Uh Uh-huh. What does that make men? A dirt bag. Praise God. Amen. (laughs) You dirt bag, you. Amen. I receive that. Praise God. (laughs) So what happens? A foreign entity comes and contaminates the soil and contaminates the water of your body because that's what your body's made up of. But the anointing, which is the light, which brings life, when it penetrates that soil or penetrates that water, it purifies it and it makes it whole. And you don't think the anointing of God is more powerful than the dirt and water of your body? Absolutely. There is limitless power with God. Well, what do I got to do? Just believe. That's it. You mean all I got to do is just believe it? Uh Uh-huh. You mean all I got to do? I accept it and I believe that God's word is true? Uh Uh-huh. That's all you got to do. And you mean to tell me the anointing will cleanse the soil of my body and the water that's impure? Because that's what sickness is, isn't it? When sickness comes, it's it's an impurity that goes into the system of your body, isn't that right? Which is made up of dirt and water. That's right. So you put it in those terms and you think it like that. Okay. Well, what does that do? It makes your faith go higher. When you, all I got to do is, you mean to tell me if I have just the elders lay hands on me, anoint me, and I believe it, I'll be healed? That's what the Bible says. Amen. That's what the Bible says. Listen, he formed us out of the dust of the earth, and he breathed the life into us. You don't think that he'd fix it? God's perfect. He fixes everything. Amen. He's absolutely perfect. How do you know you're in faith over something? Go to Romans 15, 13. How do you know if you are in faith? There are two things that indicate. I heard a preacher recently say, well, you can't really tell if you're in faith or not because the Bible doesn't say, you know, how you can know that if you're in faith or not. I said, dude, you you need to go over to Romans. Romans chapter 15. We're going to show you how you know that you're in faith. So, okay, before we read this verse, don't read it yet, don't read it. Don't read it yet. Don't read it. Don't read it. Don't read it. Don't read it. We're going to read it. Don't read it. I know you're tempted to read it. Don't read it. (laughs) Don't be rebellious in church. Okay. So I want you to think of what you're in faith right now for. Okay. Well, I'm in faith. I'm believing God for my body. Okay. I'm in faith. I'm believing God for finances. So here are two elements to know that if you're in faith over the... Now let's read Romans 15, 13. It says this. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. So what are the two elements? If you're believing God for something, what are the two elements that you will have about it? Joy and peace. peace. You have joy and peace. Joy and peace. Do I have joy and peace over it? Joy and peace. 
So I made a mistake with the, the, do the new dog I got because I overrode probably peace, joy, and the third thing I overrode was not calling my wife. Praise God, amen. <laughs> I tried to call her, but, but here's the deal. I got him. We rescued him. We rescued him. And so we're going to either sew him into somebody or try to recoup the finances, but I spent two days to go get the dog. And he's awesome. He's a Belgian Malinois, pure Belgian Malinois, partially obedient trained, and partially canine trained. Yeah. And he'd, and he'd probably be worth a lot of money in the next 90 days, but I don't have 90 days of time to reinforce all the training of this dog. I just don't have it, don't have it. Plus I already have a Belgian Malinois, so. But he's going to be, he would be he's a male, two-year-old male, perfect age for training and things like that. So, but he's, he's not a pet, let me put it that way. He is not a pet, he is an obedient canine. He's not Jesse. Okay, Jessie's been seriously trained, okay? And we've reinforced that for three years. We've had her, okay? So I, I override some things. I do make mistakes. Can you imagine that? <laughs> Amen. Because I overrode some things. Over, I overrode the checkpoints. And so now I'm, I'm the kind of person to make it right. Right? Make it right. My heart was right in the right place. My heart was in the right place, but my head was somewhere else. Not like you have never done it. <laughs> Yo, look at me like, my God, there's so many angels in this room right now. You're like, oh, Pastor. I'm like, what? You, you got four other fingers pointing back at you. <laughs> don't even. <laughs> yeah, but don't you know? Yeah, what? What? I'm human too? I make mistakes? Just like you? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> we. Get your, sister, get your wing out of your husband's eye right now. Praise God. <laughs> no, man. Come on now. Your halos are leaning. <laughs> no, we all make mistakes. Yeah. Come on. Hello. Yeah. But you know what? God will make it up. God will do something right, even though sometimes our foolishness. He'll make it right. And, of course, you know, his name is Lobo. That's his name, Lo. Lobo is his name, Lo. <laughs> but he was mal he's malnutritioned, and he was neglected. He wasn't abused, but he was neglected. So we rescued him. Yeah, definitely rescued him, for sure. Yeah, he's a beautiful dog. You want to see a picture of him? I'll pass my camera around so you can see. So why are you doing, why are you saying this? Because I, I didn't follow peace and joy. Or my wife, either. <laughs> that, was a check, that was a check of balance. Husbands, your wives can be checks and balances. <laughs> Y'all see him? You see him? You see him? Aww. I know, you see him? I want to eat him. <laughs> you want to see him? There he is. He, <laughs> he's something else. Well, you have to keep him from peeing on the furniture, ladies. Okay, I'm just going to tell you right now. <laughs> you have to keep him from peeing on the furniture. <laughs> yeah, well, that'll help. Coming from nurses. Yeah, right. <laughs> so you have to have peace and joy. Follow peace and joy. It's important. So you, <laughs> or you would have a Belgian mountain wall that you have to get rid of. Praise God. <laughs> you, don't have a, you don't have a Belgian mountain wall to get rid of. 
<laughs> Amen. Aren't you glad your pastors are human too? Yeah, we're, we're, we're less than perfect, contrary to popular belief, okay? <laughs> we make mistakes too. Oh, my gosh. Anybody wants them, let me know. I'm free. Listen, he comes with a crate. He comes with everything. But you're going to need to spend time with him. I recommend no. I mean, <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> you, don't, you don't want this dog. I'm telling you right now. You, you'll be, you will be calling me. In two days. Pastor, I love you, man. But could you come get the dog, please? I mean. Oh, it just means love. <laughs> could you enlighten the congregation on this dog a little bit? He needs a handler. <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah. He is very loving. Yeah, he would. Yeah, well, he is until he, until he bites your arm, okay? <laughs> He'll bite your arm. No, but you have to say the command. No, he needs somebody to spend time with him during the day. Just reinforce the command. He knows the commands, but he's been neglected. So he's like on this farm and all that kind of stuff, and the handler didn't take care of him kind of thing, and he's, he's kind of on the skinny side. we got to fatten him up a little bit more and all that kind of stuff. But he wasn't abused. Layla, no, I am not going to do it. No, no, you'll be calling me back because all your furniture in the house will be peed on. I'm just going to tell you. You, you got you, you to you, you keep this dog on the leash until he learns. I mean, you just can't let him roam. No, 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 no. Uh, okay, we'll let you see him. Okay, we'll let you see him. What do you say? She says, no, there you go. At the church. Yeah. Okay, so my point what I was trying to make with that is <laughs> follow peace and joy, okay? <laughs> Whatever you're doing. Look at the whole congregation wants the dog. And you, no! <laughs> One's like, I'll get rid of my chihuahua. <laughs> Edison, we'll take care of that in one day. Praise God. Amen. Five minutes to be taken care of. <laughs> follow peace and joy. <laughs> it's important, important to follow in the decisions. Or you'll end up having to get rid of a Belgian Malinois. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> yeah, like I really have time for that. And then you have to get, you know, it takes two days for your wife to forgive you. At least for her to say the words. After two, <laughs> after two days. And then you feel bad and terrible and horrible and all that kind of stuff. And you go through that emotion and... Like, oh, man, I really royally messed up on this one, you know. Fully take responsibility and everything. Nobody else's foot but me, myself, and I. Three people that you have a difficult time with. <laughs> me, myself, and I. <laughs> but he does come with a crate and bowls. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> we'll, even, we'll even, the leash, no, you have to get your, oh, yeah, it comes with a leash. Yeah, it does, yeah. I had to buy a leash. Comes with the leash. Yeah, and, uh, and half a bag of dog food. Praise God. Amen. So, but you're going to have to take him to the vet. You have to take him to the vet and get a wellness check on him. Okay, I'm not paying for that. Praise God. I paid enough money. Man, listen, I've been gone for two days. Two days. Because the guy said he was going to bring him to me. He didn't bring him to me. And then I had to send a friend over to his house. It was just not, it was not good. I will never, never. I will never be fooled again. Amen. So why are you looking down? Because the devil's under my feet and I'm talking to him. <laughs> you ain't fooling me again. 
I told Pastor Mara, I said, I don't know what came over me. I lost all of my protocol. I mean, <laughs> all my checks and balances and everything. I lost the whole thing. I mean, just. <laughs> she was gone for a whole week. I was by myself. That's bad. I'm just telling you, that's really bad. <laughs> That's bad. You never leave the road dog by himself. Praise God. Amen. Because I'm your road dog. Amen. He's gone for a whole week. Listen, when, you, when you've been with somebody for 35 years, almost, almost every single day, day in and day out, okay, and then, you know, they go away for a whole week. You don't know what to do with yourself. You buy a dog. <laughs> yeah. I can walk your baby. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. No. We did rescue him. That, that is, that's the truth. That's the positive. Yeah, that is true. That is the positive part. And we just got to place him with a home that somebody wants him. So. <laughs> Layla, no. All right. All right. Jesus' faith, his faith pleased God. Just as your faith pleases God, Jesus' faith pleased God. Here in the book of Mark, chapter 1, verses 9 through 13, it says this. And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came to Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And straightway, coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens open and the spirit of dove, like a dove descending upon him. And there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And whom I'm well pleased. Remember Hebrews 11:6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So here, we see that the Heavenly Father was pleased with Jesus' faith, just like he's pleased with your faith. So in, listen, any attempt to obey God will not go unrewarded by God. Any attempt, when you, make, when you attempt to forgive, when you attempt to tithe, when you attempt to step out in faith and believe God for your healing, that does not go unrewarded. Amen. Any attempt to obey God does not go unrewarded by God. Why? Because he's just. He's a justifier them to them that know his name. That's actually what Romans says. He's just. He's a justifier to them that know his name. Faith that moves mountains. You have mountain moving faith. I'll say that again. You have mountain-moving faith. Amen. So let me share with you a little bit what faith has done in the Word of God. And you think for a moment what your faith has done for you. Amen. Right? So the works of faith are these. It's subdued kingdoms, brought righteousness and justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions. Wasn't, wasn't it Daniel's faith that stopped up the mouth of the lions, Right? Quenched fire, escaped swords, was made strong, waxed valiant in fight, put armies to flight. Women had children resurrected by faith, endured torture by faith, endured mocking and imprisonment, right? And Paul and Silas was in there and they sang praises, right? Endured death by sawing. Did you know that the, some of the prophets were sawed in half? Yet they were in faith. Suffered martyrdom by the sword, suffered wanderings and afflictions. What are some of faith's results? Abel's faith came through worshiping, worshiping God. Enoch's faith was walked with God. Come on now. The Bible says that Enoch had such faith that he walked with God and God took him. So that, that's an indication of the rapture right there. So, you know, there's some teaching out there right now. They, they say that there's no rapture and we're supposed to go through the tribulation period. I'm like, what? What are you, what? What are you talking about? Are you kidding me? That's what I have to look forward to? No. Really? 
No, I don't think so. So there's examples of the rapture in the word of God. Uh, Noah's ark is actually a type and shadow of the rapture. Go on, you had eight people go into an ark. Eight is, seven is the number of completion. Eight is the number of new beginnings, right? And the ark was lifted above wickedness, all the earth, right? So in the hand of God is shut the door of the ark. Okay, so that's, that's a type of rapture. You got Enoch, for he was not. Come on, he walked in faith, for God took him. That's a type of rapture, right? You have Elijah, right? Where the fiery horses came down and he was caught up in a whirlwind. Isn't that right? That's a type of shadow. You have, you have Stephen, who was translated from one place to another place. I mean, Philip. Yeah, Philip. That's right. Philip was translated from one place to another place. That's a type of rapture right there. Jesus himself was raptured. Yeah. Isn't that right? Yeah. So all these indications of God preserving the righteous from the wicked. Can you say amen? Yeah. So, and it's all been done by faith. What if the rapture's by faith? You have to actually believe it. You know, some people think it might just be automatic. You know, what about, what about the guy that's backslidden in the world who's not even serving the Lord and he's not even reading his Bible, but at one time he gave his heart to Jesus. Would that person be raptured? There's a possibility, no. Because, you know, when that trumpet sounds, it's, it's, a, it's a spiritual trumpet. It's for those that are in the word, those that are coming to church, those that are making an effort to be pleasing to the Lord by their lifestyle. Right. Did you know that all Christians, some of them are not necessarily Christians? Mm-hmm. Just because if somebody says they're a Christian doesn't mean they're a Christian. Yeah. We will know them by their fruit. What's the evidence of a fruitful life? Can you say amen? Yeah. yeah. Abraham's faith, obedient uh, test faith, when Abraham took Isaac, right? He was about to sacrifice him. His only son, after the Lord told him that you're going to have a son, and then you're going to, your family's going to be the multitude of the sword, and he's, this is his only son because he couldn't have a son. Hello? Right? Because Sarah was barren. Right? And then they birthed, birthed an Ishmael, and we're dealing with that family lineage today. Right. Come on. Hello? Yeah. Matter of fact, when, when God said that, that, uh, that Sarah was going to have a child, she laughed. So therefore, his name is Isaac. You know what the word Isaac means? Laughter. Yeah. So there was by faith that he was restored. In other words, Abraham believed that if he killed Isaac, that God was able to raise him from the dead. You know, don't you know that this is a playbook? I mean, this is written by the best playwright ever. Come on now. These, I mean, this is the best book you'll ever read. It's got lions, tigers, and bears in it. It's got giant killers, prostitutes. Hello. Come on, hello, somebody. You got, you got fire from, coming from heaven, consuming people. I mean, Steven Spielberg ain't got nothing on the Bible. I was going to tell you right now, he just ain't got nothing on the Bible. Yeah. These are all the works that Rahab, she was a prostitute, but she was spared. Come on now. Did you know that Jesus' lineage has a prostitute in it? Come on now. He flows through imperfect people. Why? Because he's a God of the heart. He's a God of the heart. Can you say amen? And he looks in the heart. Man looks in the heart, God looks in the heart. David's faith. Mm -hmm. Samuel's faith. Samson's faith. Samson was powerful. He took a donkey jawbone of his mother-in-law and killed a thousand people. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, he took it. 
Some of you were falling asleep on me. I had to say something. I had to say something. No, no by faith. Donkey jawbone, killing a thousand people. King David's mighty men. Yeah. Men of renown. So these are all acts of faith. Let me, let me finish with this. Why do we need faith? I mean, really, why do we need faith? Because we serve an invisible God, and we can't see him. But you can certainly feel him. You can feel his presence. You can be touched by the, the gifts of the Spirit. And you know that God exists, even though you haven't seen him, because of what he's done for you. And what he's done for you in the past, he will do for you today. Sometimes it's just what we don't know. And that's the reason why we have to be hearers and doers of the word. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty two, so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. It gives you the ability to move whatever mountain is in your life. It doesn't matter how long it takes either. It doesn't matter how long it takes. Some of you have been believing God for your family members for years. Keep on believing. Keep on declaring. Keep on confessing. Some of you believe in God for other things for years. Just keep on keeping on. Well, Dr. Jack, you know what if I get sick and I die? Well, at least you died in faith. Amen. Come on. You died believing God. And you can't go wrong with that. Can you say amen? amen? All right, come on. Stand to your feet if you would. Thank you for joining us this week. Don't forget to check out our website at lifefamilychurch.com.